This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. Our guest today, we're honored, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, to talk with them. Cliff Chang. Cliff is the architect and principal of Cliff Chang Architecture. Chang Architecture designs for the unique dynamic of Silicon Valley in the Bay Area, collaborating on workable plans for real-world solutions, whether creating office spaces or office space for synopsis, giving the next revolutionary startup its first headquarters, or transforming building structures and the built environment. Chang uh, Architecture, really, uh, I love this too, takes a vision and gets it built on time and on budget. They're uh, they're uh, really their only working definition of success. And to find more information, you're welcome to visit their website at Chang architecture.com again that's chang architecture.com cliff i'm happy to see you honored it's great to to be with you again thank you so much for being on the show hey thanks so much for having me again oh, cliff you know, as we're talking our virtual green room is uh you i asked you know what is a prayer a mantra a prayer a quote or axiom and you you really dialed one really in which is like focus on share what you share what you shared i, I think your audience will love this well it's kind of a new mantra and i guess a lot of people um whether they're architects or not have have new mantras these days after after this <laughs> sure. COVID thing is finishing up but uh you know for us it's it's it doesn't really matter you know we're first of all we're we're uh, service oriented. It, it doesn't really matter what we're doing to help out people, our clients. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a new building that's flashy um, or renovation that's flashy. Uh, these days, because of COVID, we, we primarily, you know, historically have done mid-rise office buildings and interior design, but we've gathered a lot of new work in the past couple of years uh, that have uh, that, that are really technology based. And, you know, for example, we're doing um, the largest battery farm uh, in the country right now for a company called S Volta. And what that company, what we're designing is it's a huge building that has battery uh, storage units. And they literally, they, they load electricity from PG&E during normal times. And then when there's a blackout emergency, what they do is then they give it back to the grid so that the idea is that we don't have any more of these blackouts. And um, normally, you know, just to give you an idea of the scale of this, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of batteries and, and this this world is all about batteries right now. Um, 600 kilowatt hours is is a large amount of batteries and it's actually very flammable. So you gotta be really careful when you design it. This facility is 432,000 kilowatt hours. And so we've been working very closely with the city of San Jose fire department uh, just because the codes, the fire codes, the building codes, they cannot 
keep up with the technology of the batteries, a lot of it coming out of China. And so the codes are are so that are in place right now wouldn't allow you to do anything close to this. But um, in just working with the city of San Jose, because we all want this, you know, as a society, we all want battery power. Um, we've been able to work through some of these issues and kind of do an alternate means and methods with them. Um, another project that we're doing that's related to batteries is uh, a flying car company uh, located in uh, San Carlos, uh, Joby Aviation. Uh, it's one of the few flying car companies out here in the valley. Uh, and again, it's it's all about the weight of the batteries. They have a lot of technical people that they've brought over from Tesla, um, head of engineering and of batteries. And they're constantly doing lab tests. And I can't get into the specifics, obviously, sure. about it. But it's all about how to get the lightest battery and how to make the battery safe. And so we're even doing things like test facilities that kind of see, you know, really push the batteries to the maximum. And again, working with the fire departments. And, it, and it's very, it's just really interesting because the fire departments are actually very understanding about projects like these. Hmm. Um, because, which is great, uh, cause you, you'd think that they'd be very negative about, uh, so to speak negative, hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> great one about these, yeah. about these nice kind of projects, but it's, it's really, it's really been fascinating. <laughs> okay. So those, those are two of my little, little technology battery, uh, things. And we're also working on some solar facilities for Next Tracker, which is owned by Flextronics and things like that. So it's it's just really refreshing actually to not just focus on how pretty of a building can you make. You know, it's really about how functional you can make something for your clients um, and how efficient you can make them too. So Outstanding. Now, Cliff, did you foresee any of this even say three to five years ago that you would be involved in? No. Really? Now, now, in fact, in fact, when the project came up, um, we were referred and I was scared to death because I didn't know anything about it. And then COVID came around and it gave me time to really think, you know, give, it gave us a lot of time to think about these these kind of issues. And I thought, you know what? It's really good to learn, <laughs> you know, I love to learn things every day. I learn things from my clients and from the contractors and everything. And so that's really what made me decide, hey, I, I really got to change and expand my, my view of what kind of projects we should take on and what kind of people we should actually help. And it, it's turned out to be just a fascinating experience. How much do you think that fear has a fa- is a factor in whether or not you choose to you know, take on these endeavors? It's a lot. I mean, for me, for me, it's a lot. Like let's, let's use an analogy of uh, multifamily housing, ownership, condominiums in California, highly risky. It's almost a for sure lawsuit at some point. Um, I've still not really swallowed that one, although we've done some in the past, but it's uh, just because it's a litigious, you know, the whole world's become litigious. So at some point, though, you kind of have to break out of that and just have faith in society that 
they're going to, you know, protect you and you're going to do the right thing. So, Hey, we all got to take risks. Yeah. So yeah, it's worked out. Yeah. That, um, if you don't mind going back to the, the, uh, the solar, the solar energy and the solar projects that you're doing, is that local national? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a company that does a lot of research. Like you go to their office in Fremont and they've got a huge solar farm there that they're constantly outside, just kind of checking on the, on what they could do, you know, with the hardware. And then what we did is we, uh, built a lot of labs, a lot of test labs for them, and also some amenity spaces for the employees, you know, gyms. Uh, but it was really primarily about the kind of shipping and storage. And, and this is a company, like I said, it's owned by Flextronics, which is a huge sure. company that we also do work for. Uh, but they do, Flex, this company does solar panels all over the world and they're, and they're going gangbusters. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going to talk, if, if you don't mind, if it's a little too touchy, let me know, but about, you know, you recently had surgery, your back surgery, but I, I'm just flabbergasted that it's a it's a, a multi-week, month recovery process, but after your surgery, you were back at it within a week. Three that, days. Three, okay. <laughs> within, a half, within a half a week that yeah. you were back at it. What drives you to be that so committed to you know the work that you do because that that's beyond a drive and a care uh i'd have to say it's really about commitment to our clients i mean it, it it's i'm not about excuses even though back surgery might be a good excuse <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you can okay. just be sitting behind your computer, uh, and it's it's really you can you can still be functional. So um, it's like sports. I mean, it's even though you're injured, you just keep you keep going. So yeah, yeah. well, that's I'm I'm okay. I'm happy that you you didn't take offense or anything to to that question because I uh. think it's relevant in your work and and that dedication. And there, there also seems to be a very, um, what's the right word to say, uh, a freshness or a youth to the work you're doing because there's there's always like this enthusiastic like, hey, let's go for this. Or there, there's just this, I don't know what else to say, Cliff. It's just like a youthful energy about your work, and you can see it. It's reflective, I think, in the in the final, I guess I'll say product. It's is that by design or that's just kind of your DNA? That's just my. My training, I think, okay. just the way I grew up. Um, I think uh, I've always just been go go go. You know, let's 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 give it all you got, and that, that's probably why we've you know been able to produce so many different types of projects and so many different types of styles. Uh, we don't really stick with one thing. Um, and we're you know I don't I don't know if this is related, but we're, we're also doing a lot of renovations. Um, as far as innovation, uh, we're seeing a lot more people not building new buildings now. And so we've got a lot of, uh, renovated buildings where we're using all sorts of different types of materials like rusted, perforated, corrugated metal. Uh, and it's really, it's really nice to just take an existing building, not a brand new one and, revive it, you know, without having to, it, it's just really, I hate to say the word green, but it, it, it 
makes sense. Yeah. That was probably totally off the topic. What you no, it's on. About. You're <laughs> always you're always on topic. Jeff. I'm not kidding you. I'm not I'm not patting you on the back. I, yeah. Everything you seem to you not seem to say is is awesome, and it's right along lines of the show. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Syraclad. We're talking today with Cliff Chang, architect and principal at Chang Architecture. For more information, feel free to visit website of Chang architecture.com again that's chang architecture.com cliff what have you noticed during the pandemic that has changed i don't know if there's one or two things but that has changed so significantly since prior to in your in your process and your workflow and just even your relationship with clients oh god so many so many angles on that from you know the way that you meet um Obviously, we're doing a lot of Zoom calls. Our office, people haven't returned. Um, and I, I was really suspect of, of that, but it's, it's actually turned out to be quite nice. They can put in more hours uh, you know, without driving to the office. So here I am in my empty office. <laughs> and, and it's, and, you know, it's, it's absolutely fine. And you know, just more on the global sense of the pandemic and effect on our work, um, definitely on the interior design, uh, the way that workstations are laid out, um, it's definitely less people per square foot. I mean, before the pandemic, we were cramming in people, in, it's like one person per 100 square feet. Uh, now it's now it's back up to one person per like 300 square feet. You know, we, it used to be, you just had a bench, you just had a five foot long, by 30 inch deep table and you were next in, and you know, there was somebody in front of you, there's somebody at the side. So obviously that's, that's kind of changed and it's, it's kind of going to be interesting whether office buildings will get smaller because less people are going to work mm-hmm. or whether they're going to get bigger because you need more space per person. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that, that all falls out. You're primarily your work is in the, still in the Bay area, the Valley, Silicon Valley. Uh, we're starting to expand a little bit because we're, we've had clients actually that like we have a client in, um, in Minnesota that came to stand, you know, came to the Silicon Valley, developed a lot of things, uh, uh, on Stanford, not on the campus, but in the in the, the technology park there, that is also doing work in Minnesota. So we've got a couple projects in Minnesota, um, renov- mainly renovations, and so that will be interesting to to kind of follow up on those. I got to check my my licensing in Minnesota, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's still it's still primarily though in in the bay area but we'd like to kind of expand to to other places what's been the difference in the will you minnesota and california in the in the process and the in the um approval well even in the design oh really okay i I was i i i gotta tell you when you renovate these buildings and i should know this i'm from cincinnati (laughs) that's right you are yeah (laughs) i mean i'm i grew up in snow but you have to account for what they call snow drift piling up on the roof. So basically it's very difficult to 
you know, I oftentimes will do a roof screen just as an architect architectural element, you know, to make the building more visible, so forth. And so out there, you can't really do it on a renovation unless you spend a lot of money on uh, retrofitting the uh, the structure. So, you know, even in the design, it's it's interesting because I got to stay on my toes and kind of learn learn all these new things. And and sometimes it ends up being um, kind of a it changes the design and to reflect, you know, to respond to that to that. Uh, what do you call it to respond to that need or requirement? And that's how I like to design, you know, you, it, it's tough to design stuff from nothing. Right. So you take all your parameters, you take all of your uh, requirements. And then that's really, it's not me really designing the building. It's, it's all these requirements. And then you just try to make it look, you know, as good as you can. And yeah. it often does because of that. How do you work with the constraints uh, it, it seems like you might you get a little even more clever and more creative when there's constraints. Is that is yes. that true yeah. or not true? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That that was I, I couldn't think of the word at the moment, but yeah, constraints. Without constraints, I think creativity is super super hard and probably less meaningful. Um, it's almost like you know, try to paint something out of your head. I think painting must be the hardest. Oh design work right because if you're just pulling it out of your head so that's why architecture is so much easier because you have all these things like solar sound and you know trees where's the view those are really the things that shape the design uh, of things um in the context neighboring buildings things like that can you share with it like some of those laws they're just like na natural nature laws that are built in that you have to always consider with the built environment. How, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Cliff, but it just seems like there's just some natural laws that uh, you always have to work with in, as an architect and a designer. Yeah. I mean, especially with the office buildings and this will sound funny and, and, and this isn't really a natural law, but okay. I'll get to the natural laws. <laughs> you know, we design them a lot for the, for the broker for the real estate broker, the way that you enter the site, it's gotta be that entry has and lobby has to be so impactful. It's almost, we call it the Jesus Christ syndrome. So that when the brokers bring in somebody in, they say, Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to bring that up, but, yeah. um, yeah. but you know, it, it, it's also, um, you know, solar orientation, you know, we never do a lot of curtain wall on the south side or the west side. You know, we, we got to make the building as efficient as possible. Um, if we're located right up against freeway, you know, how do you present the building? Because that's a bonus if you're up against the freeway. Uh, how do you make the building kind of interact with the freeway and the people that are that are seeing the building? So, yeah, context and constraints um, really are impactful on the design. How about even working with people now? Obviously, we're not able to do it face-to-face -face or person-to-person. -person. Have you found there's even greater communication because of it or less in your experience? Uh, you know, I think it's been greater. That's a good point um, because 
when you're on a Zoom call every, and, and you've got drawings up on the screen, everybody's looking at those drawings. Whereas in a meeting, you know, you might have five people that are not necessarily close to the drawings or they can't see the screen so, so, so easily. I'd say the communication has really been enhanced by all this. Um, you know, you can record these these meetings, uh, and it's it's just been great. And especially not to commute so many times, but we we still do have clients that have we've consistently throughout the pandemic. You know, we've we've met face to face with just because it's it's their culture. Yeah, uh, speaking of the culture. How is that working with the, like, we'll use Minnesota and California because it's not just obviously the laws and the, uh, you know, the weather and, and other factors, but there's a, there's a cultural difference in how they work. Have you noticed there is in, uh, with Minnesota and California? Um, I, you know what I'm going to say to that? Every client's so different. Okay. Uh, there, there, there probably is a cultural thing, uh, but I haven't noticed anything just because every one of our groups of clients kind of does things different ways. Or you know, some are some are very focused, and you got to talk to them every every week. Um, I would say the Minnesota folks probably we had the most kind of uh, collective meetings with everybody with the contractor, you know, and subcontractors. And, uh, I, maybe that is a cultural thing that they want to, they want to invite, you know, more people to it. Whereas out here, it's more kind of a, a smaller kind of community during the meetings. I don't know. Well, 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 well described. I think it was kind of a difficult question, but I was just curious if there was a a difference in that. We'll we'll touch on that again when uh, we get right back. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Cireclad. We're talking today with Cliff Chang, architect and principal at Chang Architecture. For more information, visit changarchitecture.com. Again, that's changarchitecture.com. Here's where I, where I was going with this. I just thought of this uh, right now, Cliff, is the approval process and the requirements, the differences between other states Uh-oh. and California. I think that's, that's more yeah, clear. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, um, I, I wasn't clear. So I'd love to hear your take on that. We haven't gotten to the point yet with our Minnesota's projects. Um, I've been real curious about that too, but, but I will say that so far the planning kind of uh, process Okay. has been a lot easier. Really? Yeah. And and it kind of makes sense because, you know, here in the Bay Area, there's so much development. Everybody's uh, trying to, to do something all the time, right? And, you know, out in other parts of the country, whether it's Minnesota or um, anywhere else but California, sure. it's just – you know, these these planning departments, these cities aren't buried in just a lo- everybody asking them to review things like right now. Um, what I've noticed uh, out here is the turnover in city staff is just incredible. You'll develop a relationship with folks at the city and then two years later, they're at another city. 
be, and it's because they are so buried with a project. I think, I think they just get burned out and cities don't have the funds to, to properly staff. And, and when COVID hit, oh my God, <laughs> I mean, you know, with them working from home and then you, you can't even walk in there and, and deliver drawings. You had to email. Well, not only email, you had to use, they, each city developed a different way of submitting drawings by PDF and each PDF, each page had to be numbered in a specific way. I mean, it was, it was a nightmare um, at first. Now I'm used to it, but, um, and anyways, I think it's, it's put a tremendous strain uh, on, on this, the city staff. And I, I, you know, kind of, pride myself because we we normally get along with with a lot of these staff people because <laughs> I give them a lot of empathy yeah. and understanding so their, their job is harder than mine now in regards to sustainability I know it's a more than a buzzword it's a requirement but share with us anything you have to say or your experience and what it means to you as well in regards to something that we may not have talked about on your show today is there anything we may have missed that uh, you'd like to bring up that you think it's, it's, it's important? I mean, other than, you know, I talked a little bit about just the fact that people are, are not demoing buildings so much anymore. They're retrofitting them. Um, there's definitely in terms of products of uh, that are out there, like let's, let's take, uh, we're, we're doing starting to do a lot of lab buildings too in South San Francisco VCT, vinyl tile, terrible, off gases. And, and, you know, when a building catches on fire, I mean, the, the firemen have to use these masks because they can't breathe in all this, all this stuff. Sure. So we're seeing a lot of movement toward um, linoleum, which is actually based on a, a more natural um, uh, material. And especially with, we're doing a little bit of hospital work too for uh, cancer centers. And it's just, just the fact that you're not exposing these people to this off gassing, it costs more, but you know, we, we really have to, to, to be more thoughtful about it because, you know, we'll, we'll all be affected by, by sure. this. So, you know, we're we're very careful. We're starting to change what kind of products that we specify in our on our uh, projects. Outstanding, Cliff. It's been an honor and a real pleasure having you on our, on the show today. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it, Cliff. Why well, I appreciate it very very much. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thank you, Cliff. Our guest today on the Architecture and Innovation Podcast has been Cliff Chang, architect and principal of Cliff Chang Architecture. Chang Architecture designs for the unique dynamic of Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, and beyond collaborating on workable plans for real world solutions, whether creating more office space or giving the next revolutionary startup its first headquarters or even transforming energy. That's just fascinating. They do it uh, with vision and they do it on time and on budget. They're only working definition of success is that for more information feel free to visit their website at changarchitecture.com again that's changarchitecture.com you've been listening to the architecture and innovation podcast by Sarah Clatt. 
We recorded from the offices of Cirrocloud in Redwood, Washington, and on location. The executive producer and host of the Architecture and Innovation Show is yours truly, Tom Gerald. We hope to see you and hear from you next time.